Welcome to the Wedding Business Growth Coach Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing everything you need in bite-sized episodes to set up your wedding business for success and get your diary fully booked, full of those dream wedding clients. You're here with me, Jen Maynard, Wedding Business Growth Coach and founder of the Boho Bride Guide Wedding Blog and Supplier Directory. Each episode is full of value and structured around my Wedding Business Anchor Fundamentals Framework to give you straightforward, step-by-step activities to put in place into your business that will position yourself as the go-to wedding supplier within your specialism. Let's go! Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wedding Business Growth Coach Podcast. It is amazing to have you with us. Today I'm going to be sharing an Instagram Live I recently did with the fabulous Sarah Price from Sarah Price Celebrants and she's going to be talking to us all around the recent recommendations published around the wedding law reform. Sarah's going to be talking to us about what is the wedding law reform to get us started and why has it come about. We're going to be covering what are the main changes on the horizon that wedding planning couples as well as ourselves as wedding suppliers should be aware of and how will the wedding law reform benefit our couples planning their wedding. And also, what is the next step in regards to the recommendations being confirmed and implemented in England and Wales? So without further ado, I'm going to kick straight off into our Instagram Live with the fabulous Sarah Price Celebrant. Hello! How are you doing, Sarah? Good, thank you very much. Lovely to see you. Thank you for your patience with the tech. We got there. We got there. Um, it is lovely to welcome you on our live um, this afternoon. We are going to kick straight off. So I was mentioning earlier, we um, the recommendations from the Law Commission were published published last Tuesday, um, all around uh, wedding law reforms for England and Wales. And you have kindly um, offered um, to come and share your knowledge and updates all around what is going on in especially the celebrant world at the moment but on the wider wider world of weddings so sarah firstly could you share a little bit more about you and what you specialize in hi yes thank you jen um good afternoon everybody um my name is sarah price i am an independent celebrant and i write beautiful fun personal and totally unique ceremonies for young, professional, young at heart even, couples who want to have a wedding ceremony that is just amazing. (laughs) That's what I do. And just before the Instagram, you were telling me about a wedding that you were at this week and yeah, I um, yeah, it's just an absolute dream um, and a ceremony that's really personalised and true to to the couple that you work with individually. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and so, are you able to kick us off? I, I'm. We're aiming this for couples that are in their wedding planning zone, whether it's in a couple years' time or even a bit ahead um, in front of that. Um, could you start off? Let's start at the basics. What is the wedding law reform and why has it come about? Okay, so if you don't mind, I'm going to refer to notes so I don't leave anything out that could be crucial to somebody. Brilliant. Um, Currently, we are still basing most of our marriage laws on the Marriage Act of 
1836. Now, as we all know, <laughs> the world which we live in is actually not very like that anymore. <laughs> um, and what's happened over the years is that as life has changed, different things get added on to this um, this act. Um, uh, you know, so, so for example, um, gay marriage was, was an add-on. Um, but over the years, there have been lots of little add-ons. And it's resulted in lots of inequalities and unfairness. And so the government finally, finally woke up to this and have asked the Law Commission to, create, to ask them to create an in-depth study and then a, a report into those marriage acts and how we can bring it up to date. Right. So their uh, report was finally published on the 19th and it is called A New Wedding Law. Okay, okay. <laughs> really simple and to the point. <laughs> Uh, and so when we're looking or you know for people that are listening and that they're planning their wedding what are the main changes on the horizon that wedding planning couples will see and will have to be aware of Sarah okay um put very simply at the moment when you get married you have to choose between a legal ceremony in a church or a legal ceremony with uh, the registrars that's your choice for legal marriage ceremonies in England and Wales currently. Um, and so the biggest, biggest change from my perspective, um, but will also um, you know, impact on, on all the couples going forward, is that they are removing the requirement for um, a building to be licensed to conduct marriages. And they are instead recommending that they, a government license or authorize the license of officiants to conduct legal marriages. Um, so with a bit of luck, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it, it would be um, say the individual officiants, not a building or anything like that. Okay. So, um, once that's sort of established, you know, and if that sort of that whole report then is based on that premise okay. um, that, that we should be able to be um, licensed to conduct legal marriages, us are licensed in to, to do that. OK. Um, so within that, then for the first time ever, both independent celebrants and humanist celebrants um have have been added to the list to okay. for government to consider approving as officiants yeah. um also added to the list will be nominated officiants from other religions because there are sadly in this country um wedding marriage ceremonies conducted in um uh, other religious um gathering places um that are not considered legal unless they've had a civil legal ceremony as well. Okay. Um, but they don't know that. So there are 
thousands of couples who married within their own religion who just are not legally married. But now, for the first time, um, we are being added to the fold, if you like, or at least as far as celebrants are concerned, we are have had the door opened for us to be considered to be allowed to conduct legal marriages. Super exciting. Okay. I was going to pick up on when you said us and the officiants, Sarah. Could you could you clarify the sort of, you know, the who would that class as just so to make it really clear for people people watching? So they they have considered five groups of uh, people who could be legally allowed to marry. Um, the first is registration officers, um, and then in the same sort of side of the of the equation, could be um, celebrants um, and maritime officers, okay. all all allowed to conduct civil weddings. And then the the other side would be the more religious side of things. So the Anglican Church and other religious um, nominated officiants um, and humanist cele celebrants and other non-belief officiants. So okay. it would all sort of come under the religious side. Okay. So of those, it is the um, independent celebrants, humanist celebrants and other non-belief organizations um who would um who still have to be agreed with and approved by government okay but it's a possibility you know we've the door has been opened so yes, yeah with you with you okay and so once um the recommendation so you know we've still got a journey to go as we know yeah. this is the recommendations and it's there's still a, a bit of a process and, and consultation yeah. that still needs to take place but if if as we see it with this more um more opportunity so there's the, the religious side but it opens the door for the more non-religious and and to get wed where yeah. and by whom um, is, a, yeah. is a lot more freedom around yeah. it um what how will these changes affect people um uh, planning their wedding their wedding ceremony sort of now and then into the future what 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 will be the main differences that they see once this is in place once this is in place every officiant would be the same okay um on paper <laughs> so um but the biggest changes that couples will see is um a removal of discrimination. So it won't matter, um, except possibly still to the Anglican Church and other religions, whether you're a gay couple or of any other sort of um, persuasion. It won't matter um, whether you are a mixed faith couple. Yeah. You, you can have the ceremony that you would like yeah. Um, which is combining elements of the, both of those religions um, within a celebrant ceremony. Yeah. Um, it will, and, and, and have that be legal. Yes, yeah. Um, so far more choice, a removal of discrimination. You can choose any location. And yeah. so with celebrants currently do this already, but you can choose any location for the legal yeah. marriage. All the efficient celebrant has to do is um, ensure that it is safe 
It, so it will remove the the need to plan your dream ceremony on a cliff top with your loved ones and then have to go to the registry office to actually yeah. get it the legal that piece of paper. Layer. Yeah, it, it can all that be done. Layer. All done at the, at the same time, time on that really. cliff top if that's where you want to be. Yeah. Um, and you can choose any time of day. Now, right. church ministers, uh, religious ministers, um, and registration officers may still only be able to work office hours, but mm -hmm. your independent celebrants will work any hours. So if you want to have a candlelight service in your garden, you can have that. Yes. Um, so a, a sunset ceremony on the beach, you can have that. You know, we don't mind the <laughs> sunrise might be a bit more of a struggle for some of us, but we can do it. <laughs> can be done. <laughs> can be done. <laughs> amazing and I suppose um, from the practicality side um of you know getting ready for a ceremony what will couples see that's different what will they need to consider um okay so they would they would still have to uh this is this is if you choose to have a, a civil wedding with with Correct. a celebrant with you, you yeah would still, um you would still need to um register your give notice of marriage so your intention to marry Mm -hmm. uh, within 12 months of the of the date that you wish to get married on but one of the recommendations is that you can start that giving notice process online so for example if you work uh, live and work abroad but you want to come back to this country to get married then you can apply online and give notice online yeah. um, but you still have to have a live face-to-face -face meeting with a registrar but again the recommendation is that you should be able to nominate the most convenient um, registration office for the couple okay. um, uh, for where they would like to have that meeting and that's usually within 28 days of initiating the process okay and then after they've had that face-to-face -face meeting they will then have their um, marriage schedule issued to them yeah now that bit of paper <laughs> is absolutely vital. Okay. You, you have to bring it to your wedding. Now, if that's going to be one thing too many for you to remember, then it could just be that it's easier. for Once you get it, you just send it straight on to your celebrant so that they can keep it in your file yeah. and it's their responsibility to bring it. With but you. that bit of paper has to be at the ceremony. Okay, so um, it's really, it's as important as the rings. You've got to put it, it, it in In fact, I would say it's even more important. Yeah, yeah it's not going to happen otherwise. Um, okay, okay. When they have their face-to-face -face meeting, the registrars will ask them, as they do now, uh, which venue they've chosen. Yeah. Um, because you can't book um, or give notice of marriage without knowing your venue. But they will also have to then ask the name of, um, if, it's, if it's not going to be a registrar, then you have to have a name to supply for the efficient. Okay, okay. Because that name will be um, entered on the schedule. What, what happens if you get married on a cliff top, like with the whole venue side of things? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere down near St. Just or Pendine or Land's End or somewhere like that yeah. on the rooftops. Um, 
so they've got an and, idea you know, so there's geographic location yes is yeah, potentially right. enough um whether they'll ask you to you know do google maps and give you a pin reference yeah. you know, thing i don't know yeah. um but you know they may um okay. this is all to be decided but the gro the um registrar general would be the his office would be the ones to decide on the actual uh, information needed but yeah. and, and work it all out and yeah. say so, there's a long way to go before we get to that stage okay. um so for now for couples when they're choosing their venue they also need to think about who they would like to conduct their ceremony mm -hmm. um, and whilst the rules apply to all kinds of officiants yeah um, as far as any any content you like there's realistic practicalities to consider because celebrants only do one ceremony in a day usually mm -hmm. um and so and we get to know our our couples over a period of time so that by the time we get to their wedding day, we're almost best friends. You know, <laughs> we know so much information about them. It's a huge yeah. trust um, and responsibility. Um, but it's, it, it means that you're getting married by somebody that you already know. Um, whereas with the registrars, they don't plan more than a month out who's going to do which ceremonies. Um, so... They might at that stage get in touch with a couple to start, mm -hmm. you know, trying to personalise the ceremony a little bit. Okay. But they potentially have three, four, five and upwards uh, ceremonies to do yeah. in, in any particular day. They won't necessarily have the time to write a beautiful ceremony script just for that couple. Maybe so yeah. I'm at the moment not at all sure how that can work. Okay. Um, and whether they would also have to charge more if a celebrant was given the responsibility of creating an individual ceremony. Yes. I mean, sorry, a registrar was given that responsibility. With you. Um, I, I honestly have no idea how they would be planning to work that out. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, those, those I think are the, the main things that they need to consider right at the beginning. Yes. Where they want, where they want to get married. Yeah. Um, and who they would like to marry them. Okay. Okay. And so for the wedding uh, law reform, the recommendations have been um, shared. What is next, Sarah? What, you know, what do we need to be looking out for? Um, what's on the horizon next? Because I know there's still okay, so way to go. Next, next steps then are um, the uh, Justice Department have up to six months to publish a an interim response to this report okay um and then a further six months um to publish a final response to it um i don't know what format that takes it's not something i've ever had to think about knowing before um but Obviously, you know, from our perspective, we hope that the Justice Department agree in principle with the recommendations by the Law Commission, mm -hmm. who, let's face it, are highly qualified people in their own right. <laughs> so um, they are professors, they are lawyers, they are, they are on the case um, on every aspect. 
Yeah. Um, so their recommendations are not made, have not been made lightly. They have been considered for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, so the Justice Department has, on the face of it, very little reason to object or to, to question okay. extremely. But once they have published their final um, response, then it needs to go to government for a law, a bill to be drafted. Mm -hmm. And then it needs to go through three readings, so, well, several readings, because it's got to go through the House of Commons, then it's got to go to the Lords, then it comes back to the okay. Commons. So um, it, it takes, and it all takes time. So I yeah. think realistically, we're not looking for any changes to happen in less than two years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it may. They may just suddenly get a rocket up their backsides and, yeah, and really, yeah. really yeah. get onto it. Uh, because frankly, <laughs> just to be a totally you know, opinionated for a minute, um, it's a vote winner. Yeah. There yeah. are so many people around the country who are potentially affected by this. Yeah. The why wouldn't they want to approve it and, and go with it and follow the recommendations that the Law Commission have made? Yeah. Um, and I would also suspect that the um, Registrar General's Office have already got a lot of the work already in process. And, yeah. um, They're ready to ready, rock. Ready yeah. to rock and roll as it's needed. But I think you know, everyone has to be realistically... Um, Based and say it's yeah. probably going to be about two years yeah so so if you're looking at a wedding date of 2024 and beyond it's something yeah. well it's worth keeping on top of keeping up yeah. to date with the the progress of um, because yeah. it could well open some doors for you know more opportunity and more to personalize your ceremony yeah. Okay. Okay. And and we've had quite a few people join us um, in the last sort of, um, couple of minutes. So are we able to just recap on the main benefits that the um, this wedding law reform will bring for wedding planning couples? Okay. So the the main one from my perspective and for couples is that um, the door has been opened for. Um, independent celebrants and humanist celebrants to be approved uh, to conduct legal marriages. Um, all, uh, whether you're a registration officer, a celebrant, um, clergyman, or a, a representative of any other religious body, uh, we are all in the report called officiants, so as not to differentiate or distinguish in any way. Yeah. Um, and all of us would be following the same rules as far as um, the recommendations go. So there'll be no more discrimination to, as regarding religion or um, personal choices. There'll be no uh, the greater choice of venue, time, ceremony content, 
Um, and the benefits, well, the greatest benefit of all with a celebrant is that it would now be legal. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. big. It, you know, it makes it's that huge. makes it. Not, I don't think it could be any more special, but it, it it makes it even more sort of momentous, doesn't it? That you can do all of it at that point, and um, that it means that you are legally married at that time where. Um, you're you're sharing your vows with each other. It's massively important. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes the whole day more significant. Definitely. It really does. Yeah. And really um, and just before I ask the next question, Sarah, if anyone listening has got any queries or questions that you'd like to put in the comments, please do. I'll keep an eye on it, and at the end, we'll we'll answer any queries you may have. Um. And so for for the progression of this, you know, you, you've talked us through the the various steps that the recommendations have got to go through. Um, as always, with anything new in the law world, um, it is shared by, um, it is sort of, yeah, people are able to influence how, how yeah. the proceedings. And so how can people within the wedding world, with uh, whether they're planning their wedding, how can we drive this positive change forward? Okay, so... For, for all of you lovely couples out there who are newly engaged or are in process of planning your wedding, um, first of all, please, please support these recommendations. Support the Law Commissioner's report. You can lobby your email. Lobby your email. Lobby your, your uh, member of parliament um, by emailing a letter to them. You have to make sure you put your name and address at the top of your letter because otherwise they won't even look at it, apparently. It's just rude. Um, but, <laughs> but you can write to them and say how much of a difference it would make to you. Uh, you've chosen to have or you would like to have a celebrant ceremony um, and how much of a difference it would make to you to be able to have a legal celebrant ceremony. Yeah. Um, you can... Um, post on social media that you support um, wedding reform, um, which I can see actually that uh, Laura has used that hashtag, I support wedding law reform. Good girl, Laura. Yes. <laughs> um, so yes, use the, the hashtags which are, are in the, the text below the below this gen is that there, so i'll put this in our in the boho bride guide grid and it will be all the details will be in the caption perfect thank you um you can download a badge which um you can then have on your social media as well um which is you know, a circular green badge with white writing saying i support uh, wedding law reform um and you can go for that you can go to um independentcelebrants.com and you should be able to find a link for to download it there. You can use the hashtags, which will be in the caption, but they are hashtag change wedding law, hashtag, hashtag speak up for celebrants, and hashtag legalize celebrant weddings. Uh, so if you can do all of those, then that would be absolutely amazing. And thank you very, very much from me and from all other celebrants. Amazing. And from our fellow wedding suppliers, is anything additional that we can consider and um, to support this as well? There, there is, yes. Yeah. So um, please, please 
include more celebrants in your style shoots. Um, because if people, can, I mean, the style sh photographs from style shoots are amazingly beautiful. Mm. Uh, they're totally controlled. But if you can include a few photos with a celebrant and your model couple, then that would just be amazing. Secondly, you could please, please tag um, a celebrant by name um, at any weddings that you are suppliers for. Um, mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter what you, how you're supplying, whether you're supplying chair covers or making the wedding cake or anything. If you can, if there's a celebrant, if there's going to be a celebrant there, please tag them in your posts. Good shout. Um, and also you can write to your MPs as well um, um, in support of, of this reform. Brilliant. Okay. Anything at all that, that suppliers and couples can do in, that, in this way um, is going to be hugely helpful. That's amazing, Sarah. I cannot thank you enough for um, sharing those updates. Really, really helpful. And I'm not a reader, so the report just sort of blows my mind. But actually just talking to you and hearing it, just chatting about it has really helped me. So I really am sure it's helped a lot of people uh, this afternoon just hear you uh, talk through the main highlights there. Um, so, Sarah, how can people get in touch with you, learn a bit more about what you are all about? Um, where, where's the best place um, to find you? Um, you can find me here on Instagram um, as Sarah Price Celebrant. There is no H on Sarah. If you go looking for one with an H, goodness knows who you'll find. <laughs> um, so Sarah Price Celebrant on Instagram, Sarah Price Celebrant on Facebook. And my website is HTTPS, www.sarahpricecelebrant.co.uk. So Easy essentially, just it. keep looking for Sarah Price Celebrant and I turn up everywhere. Blooming <laughs> brilliant, blooming brilliant. That's fab. And um, it looks like you have covered all of the main points. We haven't had any, um, I've been keeping an eye, we haven't had any uh, like questions per se, but I just want to say thank you so much um, for, for sharing and being courageous and coming on an Instagram Live um, because it always gets the butterflies going a little bit, as we know. It does a bit. Um, Never done one of these before. Oh, well, that's amazing. <laughs> you've done you've done amazingly and really articulate and really easy to follow. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and took away some wedding business building value. Make sure you subscribe to the Wedding Business Growth Coach podcast to ensure you get notified every time a new episode goes live. See you next time.